Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's your, what's your favorite chocolate? At the moment? I reckon I can guess, actually. Oh, interesting. Go on. Yeah. Terry's Chocolate Orange. No. Francis? Um, boost bar. I get another. Oh, actually, I like that, but no. I'm going to get another. Okay, no, it has to just be a chocolate. You can't have like things added to it. Boost bar. Yeah, but you've got that... like nougat and things like that in it, don't you? And caramel. Okay, your favourite chocolate. Oh okay. wait, lion bar. No, that's no. again. That's got added extra bits. Lion bar, one of the most underrated things in the world. That's in a hand job. <laughs> in, yeah, it's true. Hand jobs are so underrated by yourself, by other people. You've had a hand job from a lion. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> How terrifying that would be. <laughs> and opposable thumbs and less claws. <laughs> Your favourite chocolate, I reckon. Oh, I know. Lint. You'd like no, lint. It's not. It's not galaxy. No, you're not gonna get it. Oh, of course I'll get it. Come on, Francis. Um can't think of any more chocolates, can you? Forgotten all the chocolates. I'm going to tell you what it is, because it's Yorkie biscuit and raisin. Uh, is it really? That's yeah. so, a typical Grimsby boy to pick that. It's, like, <laughs> it's such a northern, like, Yorkie. I would, Not for girls. I, yeah. I, yeah, which would never be allowed. How mad that. was that? And it was fine. <laughs> yeah. It was fine. And then, like, about people going, oh, um, you know the Yorkie slogan? Yeah, we should get rid of that, but never mention it ever again. <laughs> Let's never mention it. Yeah, okay, hopefully no one will realise. <laughs> yeah, they used the advert was a girl picking this- up like, you're not allowed that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two. We're still here with Lloyd. Hey, buddy. Hey, mate, how are you? Dude, so good, man. This is one of my favourite podcasts. Oh, it, you say just, that every no, week, No, no, but I promise you, I, I like it when, do you know what I like? I like it when there has humour, there has, like, conversation. It's sweet, it's nice, it's natural. Because what happens in some podcasts is... You know, you're, you're chatting to someone who we don't know all the background, so you go in, like, narrative order. You go, like, okay, so what do you do when you're younger? It's so nice when you can just sit and just talk about, like, random things. Well, mm. speaking about random things and chocolate earlier, I've just got another little nugget of information. Mm-hmm. You know the Maltesers teaser bar? Mm. So they've got, obviously, Maltesers. And they've, Is they've that got, the one that looks like a... It's like a chocolate bar. It's but a chocolate a, bar, but it's got, like, it's, like, round, it's rounded. Yeah, fuck, yeah. they're good, yeah. But do you know what? So a, a friend from home, so it's my sister's friend, I think her boyfriend came up with the idea he works on Mars... And I think this is true. And if not, just just use it as a story over a dinner party. Um, basically, he was like, "Look, guys, we we're go, we're getting away. Like we're, we're we're whittling away all this Malteser, the the, the honeycomb. Is it honeycomb? Mm. Um, and all that's going to waste." He was like, "How about we get all that and the excess chocolate, and we melt it all together to make a bar? And apparently, it's their most profitable chocolate bar. Oh, really? Well, it's not it's not honeycomb. It's like a malt. Yeah." Comb, yeah. The, the stuff that's inside yeah. them. So um, I'm not sure if that's true, but it's a good story. Isn't it? Yeah. Do you know how many? Do you know how many uh, chocolate digestives are eaten a day in the UK? No, I don't. Three. Do- what? Three million? Three. Yeah, you just. Call, yeah, I just said a lot more than that, mate. <laughs> three. Three. Three and a half million. Seven hundred mm. to eight hundred lorries leave the factory a day. 
You're just trying to brag about how much money. Yeah. I'm basically, <laughs> I'm basically loaded. And I'd like to thank the British public for enabling this podcast to happen. Thank you very much. <laughs> but like, listen, we've got to get into a little get, bit. Of, sorry, sorry. Do you get freebies? No, because we we sold it in. Um, you could walk in though, couldn't you? I, well, actually, I went and opened one of their factories once. Oh my god, that would be the dream. They're, they're also all bakers. Everyone's in there. They're all bakers. Wow. Which I I never thought they're they're bakers. They're actual bakers. They wear little hats. They're bakers. That's so good. And, and they're all baking. And it's just love. It's like Great British. Yeah, what Bake did you off. expect? Well, I didn't. I thought they. Were, I thought it was like battery machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like mechanical. I just didn't know. I just thought it was going to be machinery. Did you run at all the bakers against a fence and hopefully they'll push the wall of fence out? <laughs> and they ran to their own and uh, escape. And the head mm. baker was like, "Where are they?" <laughs> <laughs> but like, we've got to talk about man because as we said right at the beginning, Grimsby didn't have that much comedy. Had nothing at all. So no. how? did you you went to Exeter did you start doing comedy at Exeter well I so I, so I trained to be a, uh, a professional singer so I kind of like choir man and that's what you wanted man. to do yeah so I, I, I um, was a chorister throughout my whole life did like GCSE and music A level and it just seemed that that was that, that's what I was going to do went to university Exeter read music was a chorus scholar in the cathedral then when I left there, I became a lay vicar at Guildford Cathedral, which basically meant I sang in the services every day, like I think six six services a week. A um, lay by vicar? No, a lay vicar. So basically like <laughs> lay just means out of holy orders. Okay. From a then, member of the public. Yeah, a, a, and also, or, or you could be called a lay clerk, which is another same kind of thing. But when I was at Exeter, I used to do like extra bits and bobs, um, used to sing in a close harmony group, which is as depressing as it sounds. Um, <laughs> but it was quite good, you know, we used to like sing uh, kind of uh, bits, of, like we used to sing in like close harmony, going to like old people's homes or country fairs, or whatever, and uh, sing, sing all sorts of shit. And do you and, think this is, this is going to get me? No, but what, what I was doing, I was, I was doing these little concerts and when I was introducing the pieces, they were getting a bit of a laugh and I'd have a little joke about it. And I was like, oh, I think I think I enjoyed this bit more than the singing. And then I did a thing at university. We had the extra rag fashion show and it was me and a chap called Freddie who hosted it. And the year after, it was Tom Deacon. Do you remember Tom Deacon? Yeah, I do remember Tom Deacon. Yeah, so yeah. really funny comedian. And he, went, he went, after that went on to be uh, like a Radio 1 DJ and stuff. And he had a comedy night, but I was I was a year, be- year above, sorry. So I didn't really do any comedy in extra either. And it wasn't until I got to London, I went to a comedy club in East London and it was Backyard Comedy Club hosted by... And you must be, what, 23, 24? Yeah, about, about 22 to 24, I think, at the time. And I went to Backyard Comedy Club in East London. I was living in Shoreditch at the time because I was an absolute bad boy. Um, Fuck, that's edgy. It's so edgy, yeah. That's, that's where all the methadone was and going the on. The irony is, there's not an edge on me. <laughs> Little round fat man who didn't like drugs in East London just trying to find a church to sing in. <laughs> Where all my mates were snorting little bags of whatever. <laughs> just phoning Diane every night, just going oh freaky. God, they're at it again, Di. <laughs> Can you come down? Um, I can't, I'm shit-faced. Okay, mum, see you later. Also, tell them lads to bring me up some bag next time. Okay, mother, I will do. Um, so I went to this comedy club with a few friends of ours. It was called Backyard Comedy Club, although I think at the time it was called Finfig Comedy Club, run by Lee Hurst. And the first night I went... Um, opening the night, well, Lee Hurst was comparing. Opening was Milton Jones, who is absolutely, he was outstanding. Yeah. And he hadn't done that much TV then. In the middle was a chap called Stefano Paolini, who was a brilliant comedian. And then closing was Mickey Flanagan. And again, it was before Mickey had done TV stuff. And I just couldn't believe, in a room of like, what, 200, 250 people, mm. it was like a normal weekend comedy club. I just couldn't believe how they had this room in like stitches. Like, how have we not heard of these? How are these not on the TV? And then Lee Hurst was in the bar afterwards. Went and spoke to him and said, look, mate, 
How would you get into that? Is it a job? It's like, yeah, you know, these guys were getting paid between 150 and 300 quid a night, you know, and they just write jokes, go around comedy clubs, like, well, how do you do it? How do you do it? It's like, well, you can't do it here. This is a professional one. But why don't you go down to Kingshead, Crouch End, or the Comedy Cafe in Shoreditch? And that's what I did. I went down to those ones, saw like the open mic mm. nights and started writing my material and then got five minutes together, which was horrific was it real? Oh, <laughs> can, I, can you so give I, a sniffer what you did you my, open with anything? my opening joke right so <laughs> I, I am wait. so uh, we talked you talked about all those comedians earlier on and yeah. like Adam Hess Reese James James Acaster and the like they've all got their own unique style and I've all I've realised in, in my new show I talk about this how like I would I'm just a little fat idiot and I'll just do anything to make you laugh you know I don't really have much of a say on anything I will just do anything to make you laugh I, at the start, I thought I was an edgy comedian. I thought, oh, I'm, I'm dark, I'll go down these dark avenues and people will love it because they wouldn't expect it because I'm so chubby and charming. <laughs> so, you to, so you wanted to be like a dark comedian. So and at no point had I gone, oh, really? I, I was just, I was always, I was always the class clown at school. Do you know what I mean, and then when I started writing comedy, I was like, I'll go down the dark route, which is the default setting for most new, new comedians. They'll start doing edgy stuff. And it's like, like Jack Whitehall used to do kind of like Stuart Lee-esque routines. Mm. and But now... He's this, you know, very funny posh man. He's yeah, like camp and posh yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So I started, and this is my opening joke, and it kills me when I say it. And I talk about it in, in the new show. My opening routine, and I'm so sorry. My opening routine was this. I'd be like, hi there, my name's Lloyd. Um, and I'd, I'd wear as well. I, wanted to this, I, I used to wear a pink polar neck top <laughs> with a purple cardigan. Blue jeans. When, when was you this? How, like a, so it's like quite Blobby-esque. Yeah. Quite Mr. <laughs> like Mr. Blobby. Oh, I mean, I went, you know, like a proper method on that. <laughs> When was this? Uh, 2008, 2009. Uh, so like 10 years ago now. Fuck, 10 years that ago. That was when Milton Jones kind of blew Co up. Exactly, like yeah. So I went to see Milton Jones like 2005, 2006. And then I, 2000, no, 2007. Yeah, so it was kind of like, there was mm. like two or three years of me going to see them and then me writing stuff and then actually doing it. My opening joke was like, hi, yeah, my name is Lloyd. I'm from Grimsby. Uh, Grimsby is famous for two things. You know what those two things are? And people always shout, fish, go here, fish. And uh, Ian Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> That was my opening. That was my opening line. Did, the, it, get, did the, it get a good laugh? It, um, the weird thing is, yes. Yeah. Which which made me keep doing we, it. Because everyone's sadistic, so they can't yeah, go yeah. I'm, uh, fishing and uh, Ian Huntley. And then my topper was like, "So um, if you need your kids filleting, give me a shout." That was my <laughs> opening joke. I love the sound technician has basically just vomited in his mouth. Like it was. Like, oh my god, that was my opening gambit. That was my opening line. Technically, quite a funny joke. If you were doing like a really dark comedy night where people didn't tweet about it afterwards, yeah. then yeah. absolutely fine. But, but then, that was what my... do you then drift into after that? Oh, I'll talk about being fat. <laughs> I, I then. But do you think? Do you, think, oh do you actually? God. So do you think that because of Twitter now that it's it's kind of ruined it because people are now like taking things out of context? No, and... not not no. I think if I did that joke now, people would go, oh, that, that... Because but it, it's it clearly really, a joke. Has, has that happened? Sorry, Francis. It's clearly a joke, you know. So. It is clearly a joke, but I think also... And, you know, and there are certain comedians that can... You know, I think I think it was Jimmy Carr that said that you can you can joke about most things. There's certain things mm. you can't joke about. I think he said Hillsborough is one of the things that you can't joke about. But yeah. there's a lot of things that you can... You know, if there is humour for it... You know, as Ivo mentioned, comedy uh, is, is tragedy plus time. So mm. you should be able to joke about most things. And... You know, nowadays you see memes that come through on WhatsApps or on private Instagram accounts and you kind of go, oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's a bit close to the mm. bone. 
But I don't think so. But what I re- the reason why I stopped doing it was because it wasn't me. Like that yeah. wasn't who yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. I was like a little tubby fat clown. Yeah, but but I think that my thing is right. Is that you? What gave you? What gave you the confidence to to realise that it was you? That wasn't you, right? Because you're going right. It's getting a little bit of laughs. Here we go, and that's changing your whole kind of persona routine when you yeah. start out. That's a tricky moment, right? So I, you change all of that. I. Um, there's a comedian called Ivor Dembina. Now, most comedians have heard of him, but most pu- general public wouldn't. He saw me at a gig and he's like, can, can we can we have a few writing sessions? Me and you. Cause, and he was like, look, we had a few writing sessions together. He was like, I don't think that's you. That's not you. He's like, there were bits, he, and we re- he recorded the, the night and we went through it. He goes, the bits where there was funniest, the most natural bits, he goes, that's you. Where mm. you're coming across, where you're not writing scripted stuff that, isn't you don't care about that because he saw talent in you, he knew you were well, he good. Just, he didn't see talent, but he just saw, like, again, I keep going back to it, a, a little funny fat man. He was like, That you're the court jester. I guess also because, like, once you've done, you know, even though it works, like, you know, once you've done it over and over again, you know, the the, the material, I guess, isn't funny to you. So, yeah. if you so you want to actually do stuff that's like funny yeah. to you, that yeah. you that you that, and that's true to yourself. There's a, a comedian called John Kearns who I absolutely adore. He won the Perrier Newcomer, then the year after, won the main Perrier, Perrier Prize. And he's a good mate of mine, and he's offered me like some of the best advice I've ever had. He came to see my show in Edinburgh, maybe like four years ago, and he said, um, "Are you happy when you're on stage?" I was like, "Yeah, for the majority of the time." He goes, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Well, in an hour show, I'm happy for about forty minutes, and there's like fifteen minutes of material that I'm like, a bit like, yeah." He's like, "Get rid of it. If you're not happy doing it, why, why are you happy to give it to the crowd?" Mm. I was like, "Oh, that's really interesting." So I got rid of that fifteen minutes. Then basically, the next night went in knowing I only had forty. But had much more fun with that forty. A few ad libs, and because you could just jump around a little jump bit more. around a little bit more. But like again, just being happy in what you're doing and mm. going. If I'm happy telling a joke, then I think it comes across, and then the audience will be happy. Comedy, you can't. If you're a rich, successful man like someone like Jack, you have to take the piss out of yourself the whole time. You can yeah. never come out on top because if people are going, well, you've got a lot of money, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have to be you have to be the butt of the joke pretty that, much the whole time. That is good, but dude, but you've you've got it, and you have all of your your close buddies are in comedy and things like that. And your friends, as you said, we have loads of your friends who've come on the yeah. podcast before, and they all rave. And the great thing about you guys, you all rave about each other, which I yeah. love so much. And I and I said this before, I find it in, there's only really two industries which I've come across where people are just so willing to help each other, and that's like st- when you're an entrepreneur starting a business, everyone wants to help. And in comedy, everyone's so friendly think, and nice. I think the reason why because everyone in comedy is an entrepreneur do you know I mean but yeah. you're selling your own yeah. you're selling your own product and also as well like if you're an entrepreneur yeah you can get like backing from certain bodies and stuff but there's no if you're an actor you go to acting school and there's, you mm. can, you've got teachers lecturers you can go back on and stuff if, you, if you're a musician you've probably had some sort of like musical advice or you've got like a, a label or something with comedy you're kind of on your own yeah mm. you've got your agent but you are on your own and I think it's with entrepreneurs like you, you, you're doing it on your own yeah but you are you are you know you're honing a product on stage yeah. which you you know then yeah. take on tour I yeah. love that you did the dark honey we had uh, we had your buddy Reese James on the podcast who we find is fucking hilarious <laughs> there we go um, and he he was telling us a story of um, of when you were up in Edinburgh yep <laughs> And you got so drunk the night before, yeah. you you didn't wake up, and what happened? And then you had to buy tickets well, for them. Basically, I um, yeah was going through uh, I think one of my many breakups, <laughs> um, and it was in Edinburgh where I was single, and I was just leathered the whole time. And it was my, I think I think me and Reese were both up there doing our uh, first ever show, like newcomer show, and I think. Reese was taking it very seriously and I was leathered 24 <laughs> 7. 
chirpsing, thinking, yeah, the career will happen at some point, mate. You know what I mean? And I, I remember Reese came in and Reese was really not upset. Reese came in and was like, I haven't been nominated for newcomer. And I could have been nominated for newcomer as well. You know what I mean, if I'd written a different show. Um, and I just remember going, oh, I've not got a hangover. That's a result, isn't it? And I was thinking, oh, they're very different. Yeah. And since then, I've kind of like worked hard. But um, I, yeah, it was, it was the last night. And I said to Reese, like, are you going out? I go, I'll have a few, but I'm not going big. I was like, yeah, no, same, me either. And I went pretty big and I was... Apparently you went enormous. Yeah, I went quite enormous, yeah. Was this the end of... The, the last night of the Fringe, yeah. yeah. And um, I was seeing a girl at the time in, in Edinburgh, like a holiday romance. And I went, holiday I was, romance in Edinburgh. <laughs> if anyone in Grimsby going to Edinburgh is a beautiful holiday. <laughs> oh, mate. It was a fucking holiday, mate. All right, you're crossing a border. They have different currency. To an extent, it was a holiday. So we, um, we, we I, uh, I, I, yeah, um, Reese basically, right, so Reese takes a piss out of me for this story, but it's him because he's a little knob. He thought I had a girl in my room. So at like 10, I think our train was like 10.45. And at 10, my door was closed and he thought I had a girl in there and he was too scared to come in. So he like knocked on my door at like 20 past 10. I was like, Lloyd. I was like, yeah. he was like, the train's in 20 minutes. I was like, why didn't you wake me up? He's like, I thought you had a girl in here. I was like, you're not allergic to him. It's not like water and gremlins, mate. It's like, just come in. He's like, the train's in 20 minutes. I'm like, I haven't packed. But also, the funny, when anyone is in that situation, it's always, the, why didn't you wake me up? It's yeah. always the other person who's yeah. wrong. It's not the 19 lagers I had the night before. It was like. So, so then what happens? You get, you wake up. So I'm like, right, we need to, we need to try and, we need to pack as quick as possible. I was like, have you packed? He's like, yeah, I packed last night. I was like, you fucking nerd. So he's helping me then pack. And he's like, we're going to miss the train. I know like, we're going to miss the train, mate. So I've got the train tickets. And then we basically get outside and I can't find my phone. So we're in the taxi, can't find my phone. So I have to go in and get the phone. And oh, it turns no. out the phone was actually in my bag the whole time. Anyway, we get to the train station and we see the train rolling out of the station. And it was, it was heartbreaking because... T- they're so expensive, especially yeah. around the fringe and kind of like around the uh, bank holiday weekend. I said, like, we had to go to the train station, the ticket office. And I was like, said to Reese, I was like, look, don't worry about it. I was like, I'll, I'll sort us out. He's like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> I was like, this is going to cost so much money. He goes, yeah, but it was your fault. I was like, you didn't knock on my fucking door, mate. Okay. I thought you had a girl in there. You are not scared of girls, mate. Grow up. You listen to Daniel Benefield, fine. <laughs> but you are not scared of girls. You're a big boy now. Anyway, so we went to the ticket office. I was like, mate, I am. I was like, I had a bit of a howler this morning. I was like, um, we booked tickets. Me and Reese were going back to London, and basically, um, we missed the train by about a minute or so. He's like, why? I was like, the taxi broke down. He's like, oh, the taxi broke down. Today. I was like, yeah, the taxi broke down, and we had to run the last bit. We just saw it pulling out, and I, I know. I'm, I mean. I know it's our fault. I mean, we should have booked it five minutes before, but we didn't take into account the taxi breaking down. He's like, right. Um, have you been up at the French? I was like, yeah, we've been doing shows here. He was like, how have they gone? I was like, well, pretty good for him. Not very good for me. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll see what I can do. And he goes, all right, I can put you both on the next train. I'll just cost you 80 pounds. He's like, all right. I was like, that is an absolute beaut. <laughs> so he just put us on the next train. And the Reese was like, how much does that cost? Like, it's about 300 pounds, mate, actually. <laughs> So I think he's like, thought it was actually it was only eighty quid, and then as I was so he happy, said, he said in the message, he said in the message, it would cost him three hundred quid. So he still thinks, <laughs> yeah, to he this still day. thinks that. He's like, I mean, eighty pounds is like not a problem. Um, I mean, it was a problem at the time, so I mean, didn't have any work. But then I, because I was so happy that it only cost eighty quid, I paid for us for the little uh, weekend upgrade as well. <laughs> 
just to make him feel really guilty. He was so angry the whole way. But then also, Reese went on to tell me another oh, story. Brilliant. He said, he said that um, he once caught you wanking into a sock. Oh. <laughs> And he got you wanking, and he and you then said to him, then he basically, before he could tell anyone else, you told everyone that you caught Reese wanking right. into the sock. So what has happened here is this is the classic double bluff. Okay. <laughs> We were living together, me, him, Dan Schreiber, one of the QILs, Eric Lamper, very good comedian and actor, and uh, we all lived together. And we were talking about, um, you know, the, uh, how many, you know, uh, chops we've had. And he was like, I was like, I'm getting through quite a lot of toilet roll. Or I can't remember who said that, maybe it wasn't me, I can't remember. And he goes, oh, I just use a sock. And the whole room went silent and went, what, mate? And he went, does no one else use that? <laughs> no, Reese. And so it's always been the thing that, I go, oh, you wanking to socks. Now, we did um, Comedy Central's <laughs> roast battle a few months back, and it comes out on the 18th of uh, January. Yeah. And he, I don't know, I, I, I hope, just go out afterwards, I'm sure. Yeah, go out afterwards, for matter. sure. Um, he fucking rinsed me. We were like, right, what are we vetoing? And did you say that before? So you have to go like... No, so they basically say, Comedy Central going, look, are there anything, if you, there any things you don't want us to talk about? Do you know what I mean? Because most people go hell for leather. And I said... Can we not talk about um, the fact that I didn't know my dad until I was like 12 years old? I was like, it's just, I'm not bothered about it. He goes, oh, there'd be quite a few good dad jokes in there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but it's I'm just not. I'm actually feeling a bit sensitive about it. Can we just not? I was like, look, if we eat air and stuff, and I was like, have you got something to eat? I goes, yeah. I was like, okay, well, look, okay, look, I'm not really bothered. I was like, um, if we could just not talk about um, the dad stuff, that'd be great. I was like, also the ex girlfriend thing. I was like, that, that. He goes, oh, yeah, but there's no comedy in that. You've you, you kind of like ruined that. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, and what about you? He goes, oh, just don't mention wanking in socks. I was like, yeah, that's fair enough, mate. Okay, not. <laughs> and Reese is quite hard to roast because he's a lovely middle class yeah, white yeah. man who's had all the luck and in the world. And he's quite smart. Quite and smart. Lived yeah. in a cul de sac in Harlesden. <laughs> I mean, a uh, Harpenden, sorry, with two BMWs, a loving family. Like the most angry he's ever been is when his parents split up for two weeks, then got back together again. Because <laughs> he was like, oh, I've got no fucking pain in my life. Like, no, you haven't, mate. It's, it is the perfect upbringing. And then you're going on stage being like, oh, look how sad I am, mate. I've done my fucking dad for 10 years, mate. So I then we went to Comedy Central the roast battle and I'm like going oh he's only got one kidney oh god he's got big teeth isn't he oh he's a prick and uh, Reese just goes Lloyd doesn't know his dad and <laughs> <I'm laughs> like my face is like, oh, are you fucking kidding me mate are you? and he's quick I'm you know we're both quick witted but then I go you've alright oh, and then I, 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 I he did the dad joke I was like Oh, I thought we'd uh, vetoed dad jokes, but fair enough. <laughs> Did you do the... To which Jimmy Carr went, sorry, Reese. Um, genuinely, were dad jokes vetoed before this? And Reese went, oh yeah, they were. And Jimmy Carr goes, the new, my sir, are a fucking legend. I was like, oh, brilliant, okay. And I didn't have any capacity to go... You can wank, come back you, wank, you wanking socks, mate. Because it just looked <laughs> as pathetic as that sounded. It just, it just looks like you're bitter. It yeah. just looks like but, you're making so, stuff up. So, uh, when, do you, so when, when you do the roast battle, yeah. I mean, is it? how long do you get to actually come up with the material is I think it like two or three three or four weeks to come really, up, like, yeah, yeah. yeah so you kind of have to like speak to uh friends and yeah, you know yeah, get yeah. stuff out of them luckily i'd only ever do it with two people reese james and rob beckett because they're i'd say like two of me like closest mates in comedy that you know <laughs> i work with on a, on a kind of like regular basis um and because that way it's just like i don't want to do it with anyone else i don't know because it's just cruel and i mm. going back to that thing I'm not really a cruel comedian. So I did roast battle and I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else that I didn't know because yeah. it's like, that's not my style or, or, or brand, but it was fun. And it, to be fair to Reese, like, like he fucking Did he me. win? I love that. I, I wouldn't want to give it away for anyone that doesn't watch it. Please watch it. Oh, also, we've got to take a moment there because we've got to hear from our sponsors again. We're just making some coin right now. Some sweet, sweet, sweet moolah. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I remember when I was at uh, talking of wanking, I remember we, we, were, we were talking at school about people where they wank. And one of my friends, what he would do. Where they wank. Yeah, Usually the crotch area. One of my friends would be like, yeah, mate, what I do is uh, it's really simple. I, um, I get a tissue paper. I sellotape it to my desk. I then put tissue paper on the ground. I wank onto the tissue paper. The weight of the semen rips it and it falls uh-huh. down. And, thing, and I went, that's weird. And another guy went, you do that. And I went, yeah. He goes, oh, I just wank onto my chest and rub it in. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God. But wait, so, so after learning that, did you actually try that out? <laughs> I never yeah. tried it out. But um, Reese, what Reese sent me is so funny. He said... Um, Did you send you a whole host of stuff for today? Message. He sent a message through, yeah. He went, I just love this. He said, he will also, he went, he will also then we claim that I wanked into a sock that month, but it's a weird defence mechanism because he wanked into a sock <laughs> and told someone he... And so he started telling people I had, had before I could say anything. So he's likely to claim that, but the reality is he did it and he was embarrassed. No, I, as I told you, I had a holiday romance. <laughs> I didn't need to do that. That I had, a, I had, a, I had a lovely girl there. And then he also says, he's also known, you can read that last bit, oh cut my dyslexia. Uh, he's, he's also known as a perennial supporter. <laughs> perennial supporter. <laughs> That's what he said at the bottom. So, yeah, he, he basically... Uh, perineum supporter. Perineum supporter. He basically, that, that means that I've supported people on tour and <laughs> no one wants him to support them. <laughs> Um, which is a shame. And I've said to him, look, if you want to support me on my tour, I'm more than happy to, you know, give you a little uh, little nudge, um, give you a little boost, a little, uh, little climb up the ladder. Um, because life doesn't revolve on Twitter, Reese. okay? <laughs> there are people out there that need entertaining. I tell you who is actually so funny on Instagram and things like that is Adam Hess. He Adam made, Hess is very yeah. funny. Oh, funny. The funniest one he's done recently, and go and check out his Instagram, is uh, first he says, the letter A needs to stop sucking Tamara Salata's dick. That is very funny. And underneath he went, asked a guy who worked in Tesco where the Tamara Salata was, and he didn't know what it was, so I tried to describe it, and at one point I used the phrase fishy yogurt, and then I didn't want it anymore. <laughs> Do you know what? Tara Masolato is one of my favourite dishes. It's, yeah, it's unbelievably good. <clears throat> it is unbelievably Adam, good. Adam Hess is one of those ones where you, he's just a unique talent. Yeah, and I, obviously, this sounds like I'm just noshing everyone off. And I, no, but I mean, they're your mates, like, which is so good. They're your well, mates. I mean, yeah, that. you know. Yeah, it, it's, but you, when you just see someone going, oh, yeah, you're really good. I also like saying Rose, but I love the fact that you had that um, you had that thing. Oh, he, does, he doesn't know his dad, and then you went, "Oh, what?" And you looked for support from the judge. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> but then that's the spirit of Rose. Bat. It's like, yeah. well, nothing's off limits. Get yeah, the vetoed things that we've got legally in an email. They're vetoed, mate. <laughs> and then actually, Comedy Central came back like, "If you want us to take that out, that is absolutely fine." Did you veto? I was like, "Yeah, I did veto it, but it's absolutely fine." And my dad lives in Australia, so he's not going to see it. <laughs> but it's, they don't have TVs in prison, am I right? Or do they? I don't. 
Never but, it, but it's actually because what happens is with I think that America do it so well because America go ruthless. Yeah. America go ruthless on these things. Um, but uh, the different in the UK, people, we're quite timid to like take the piss I out of each so, other. Yeah. But I feel like roast battle is actually working. It actually does work. Because I watched the last one. Did you watch roast battle? No, first? no, I haven't seen it. It's very funny. And I watched the last one, and that series was good. It's yeah. funny, and I think this one will be even better. The, the, my fa- one of my favorites from last season uh, was Fern <laughs> Brady and um, Ivor Graham. Because they're very two very different people. I've obviously privately educated, like a bit of a posh boy, whereas Fern, working class Glaswegian girl, and it was so good. Yeah. It was so so good. But how long? How long do you plan it before? How many? How long are you writing it before? Yeah, like maybe like two weeks. Like, well, I, just I guess asked it depends. Yeah, you did. did ask that, yeah, huh? S- still two weeks. Yeah, yeah nothing. Nothing's <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but but then if you get someone that's got you know like he, he for Reese. He had so much on me. I'm a little fat bloke from Grimsby. Yeah, you know I, I mean? know. You're quite an easy target oh, mate, for that. Sense. Literally and metaphorically, an easy target. <laughs> you know what I mean? If this was a, a, a shooting range, I'm done. <laughs> uh, right, we're coming to that point, Francis, the where, where. Answer we, to the question of the yeah, week. Yeah, and then we need to have your diary, man. The answer is. What do we say, though? You said 64 million, 64 I said 75. Million. I said 75 million. The answer to the question of the week, which is how many people go to Major League Baseball games every year, is 54 million. Oh. oh. Are we doing the closest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'll take I'll take your jacket if that's that's okay. That's not a fucking bad. You you get his jacket. You get it won't fit. (laughs) I can wear it as a like I can hold it over my shoulder. (laughs) Like like you're in a from like you're in a gang. Yeah, like you're in a gang. Uh, Right, Francois. Also, do we haven't had this in a while? So please, let's have your diary, man, because we want to hear a little snippet. I enjoyed uh, your diary when I listened to it on Ivo's. Oh really? What was what was my diary? Um, It was a bit about the boohoo man. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh no, the funny thing. I when he said that. So he was being boohoo man. You know the other bit when he said he said that um, the four year old was being breastfed. Yes. <laughs> and Ivor went I went the four year old or six year old come I go yeah sat uh, sat behind that bloke from Made in Chelsea <laughs> while sucking my mum's tit <laughs> Ivor is just too good right Francis let's have your diary after my morning coffee and grits I sat down to read the news in my new reading chair by the fire and smoked a pipe I sent a quick WhatsApp message to old Jeremiah Birch, the chimney sweep. (laughs) My message contained some times that Jeremiah could come and clean the soot from my chimney today. Sounds like a really weird metaphor. (laughs) It sounds like Charles Dickens has got a phone. (laughs) But wouldn't you believe it? Just as I sent the message, old Jeremiah Birch called me anyway. It does. It sounds like some Oliver Twist. We joked, and old Jer- Jeremiah told tall tales as he has been known to do on Tuesday mornings. <laughs> and we talked for hours, as men will do. We reminisced about the old times down at the sawmill. We laughed about old Buddy Gomez. What a character he was, old Gomez. Not a day goes by that I don't think of him and his tragic and untimely death. I told Gomez that if you eat too many bananas, you will darn sure keel over and die. But he didn't listen. No, ma'am. There he was, eagerly running back across the road from old Jerry Carmichael, the town banana salesman with a bag, basket of fresh bananas, ready to prove me wrong. <laughs> Bit of a tongue twister, that, wasn't it? <laughs> when a banana came loose and fell at his feet and he slipped and all his bananas went sky high. He would have survived the fall if not for the banana lorry that ran him over. 
The banana lorry driver and old Car- Jerry Carmichael argued for hours over, the, over to whom Buddy Gomez's bananas now belonged. Buddy Gomez might as well have lived, might, might well have lived had it not been for this protracted, unnecessary discussion about the rightful claim to the bananas. <laughs> for the lorry blocked the road and the ambulance couldn't get by. Sorry, it's getting a bit. <clears throat> That's the story. I, I love that how he says, sorry, it's getting a bit. <laughs> what was getting, it's getting a bit? I was getting a bit carried away. <laughs> That's the story of old Buddy Gomez. One story, at least. Old Jeremiah Birch hung up the phone and I realised the times I had WhatsApped him earlier would now confuse him, so I deleted them from our WhatsApp conversation. <laughs> and wouldn't you believe it, in place of the message it just said, this message had been deleted, which went and confused old Jeremiah Birch even more. He called me right back after and interrogated me for several hours about why I deleted the original message and what it had actually said. He's a paranoid old guy, old Jeremiah. (laughs) Eventually the sun came down, so we agreed it was probably too dark to clean the chimney. We made arrangements to reschedule. That's... that's, That's, That's Tuesday. Have you picked up a... Well done, buddy. Gotta leave it. That was too good. That is good. I like that, man. Um, hey, Lloyd, dude, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the, um, the the podcast. No, dude, you, you're you're so funny. And the thing I, I still to this day, I'm, I we Lloyd and I played a charity football game the other day, and I'm still you were lo- really good. We, 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 you're, you're deceptively good. You All were, right, you guys, come on. No, he <laughs> Lloyd was on it. He's called the cat. Honestly, he was so fat cat. Yeah, he's so agile and. I mean, he, he saved the winning penalty. I mean, the, no big the, deal. it was unbelievable. The funny, I just can't tell you, I still was laughing at, over Christmas about it where Lawrence Delalio was playing a defence and Lawrence Delalio messed up. Messed Very up. good at rugby. Yeah. Mm. yeah Football. Football not good. And Lloyd just kept shouting from the sideline, Lawrence, Lawrence, it's your fault. Work back, Lawrence. Lawrence, it's your fault. Do you really now, Lawrence? Chase it. Chase it. Ch- Lawrence, Lawrence. Was he getting pissed off? I don't think he could hear me. Just shouting. Just shouting at Lawrence. Like, Lawrence, say sorry. Say sorry. Put your hand up, Lawrence. Lawrence, yes, well done, Lawrence. Up, I was like, oh, he has hurt me, shit. <laughs> um, but then I saved the winning penalty. No big deal, guys. Stop mentioning it. Um, but then Lawrence got his comeuppance because he started the pylon. <laughs> and I just turned around and saw the massive godly frame of Lawrence Delello chasing towards me. I was like, I think he's going to enter me. And all Lloyd just went, his, oh, shit. Oh, he was shit. Like, <laughs> Lloyd, man, honestly, dude, you are such a funny guy you, on stage and off. You really, thank really you. are. Well, you deserve all me. the success in the world. Uh, you can follow you on, tw- on Instagram. Yeah, I love how Ivo was like, no, don't follow me. I was like, right, honestly, yeah, follow me, please. Yeah. No, because you, um, you are hilarious. So your Instagram is uh, Instagram is at Lloyd Griffith, L L O Y D G R I W F I T H. Uh, Twitter's the same. It's all the same. And then yeah, I'm on tour basically. Um, right uh, now. Uh, I, it, well, by the time this comes out, I'm on the. Uh, it starts on the 29th of of uh, January. I start in Edinburgh. Um, is it all year? It's No, it only goes, it's like three months. So I'm doing like 30 dates. Wow. Where can we get your tickets from? Yeah, from lloydgriffith.com and I'm up and down the country. So most cathedral cities. Do you prefer doing a tour in in that part of the year rather than sort of summer or? Yeah, I just, I don't really, I don't really. Do, do people go do yeah, tours? I'll do it anytime. Yeah, I'll do it anytime. <laughs> but basically, the, do people do tours over the summer? No, because no, people want to be out, outside, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And that is why comedy. Festival tours. That's, but that's why Edinburgh Fringe does so well because it's in August and it's weather so people go oh let's go inside <laughs> so I think anything from October through to uh, April mm. is kind of like good so I'm on tour uh, January through to like May uh, lloydgriffith.com please come and see me some but, venues but, are sold out but some 
very much aren't. <laughs> but honestly, Edinburgh on, and Swindon. Yeah. Honestly, to all of our listeners, if you are, go and check it out because if you if you don't go and see him, you'll be missing out. Honestly, you'll be missing Less out. Less nasal as well on the tour. Yeah, but you're you're genius, mate. So go and check it out, buddy. Thank you uh, so much for coming on. You're a hero. Uh, what we like to do at the end of our podcast is leave our audience with something inspirational. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to do this. I <clears throat> Um, uh, I'd like to leave you with something uh, inspirational and that is um, never eat cod always eat haddock that's actually very good uh, advice because cod is over overfished overfished and also bottom feeders yeah plenty of worms in cod haddock fresh but actually there are some other you know even ha- haddock is now being a bit overfished it's not the overfish thing, it's the, it's the bottom feeders. Uh, yeah. And also, like, Grimsby. Uh, like, place. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't really know. Just I eat haddock. The, I love <laughs> the advice. I'm about to be depth here now, Francis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Just eat haddock, not cod. Lloyd, thank you so much, Cheers. man. We really thank appreciate you. it. Yes, guys, best so best much love. We'll see you next week. Peace, love, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.